Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to Self Proclaimed. My name's Farrow and I shall be your host. How have we all been doing? I hope that you've been keeping well since the last episode. To be honest, I can't even remember what I was talking about in the last episode. I just... January was such a filler month for me, even though it was quite a busy one. But I feel like I was saying something along the lines of like settling into routine and just, you know coming back down to earth after being like here there everywhere having all the festivities in the world and yeah that's been going pretty well i'm not gonna lie i definitely feel like i am in like you know like how there's highs and lows of life i feel like i'm a little bit on the highs side you know what okay like things are going well nothing's going catastrophically awful i don't have much to complain about and you know complaining is my favorite pastime so i am a little bit bored but you know that's that's enough about me um yeah let's just get straight into this episode because i definitely have a lot to say i have been like so as i said like i'm on the highs side of life right now like i feel like things are kind of falling into place and i just feel like there's like you know when you're working so so hard and just waiting for it to all pay off i feel like i'm starting to see some of the fruits of my labor and i mean that in a sense of life in a sense of training rowing all of it so let's start with like the rowing aspect because i feel like that's what most people tune into here but recently we had february trials i prayed to every god i prayed to every god that is humanly possible to cancel this trial because first of all i hate like i just hate february trials because it just is it feels so meaningless and like i'm quite privileged to say that because i understand for most people like for other people it's very meaningful you know like if you don't do well at february then you don't get invited to april um somehow i've managed to do well enough over the past few years i've been trialing but so like for me february just feels like an interruption to like really good training because when you do a trial obviously you want to like perform and it just like i was like i just training's going well i want to keep on training i want to be in the meat of it and just keep on banging out training because as i said my winter season on the other side of last year was like a little bit interrupted with illness and god knows what else like yeah i just feel like i hadn't had consistent training and i was really enjoying it for the first time in forever like train <laughs> i've been complaining about training from the start of this season and i was actually like yeah this is making sense i'm seeing improvements so yeah i kind of wanted february to be cancelled because it was just it felt like it was going to be a waste of my time um and another reason okay another reason i'm not a huge fan of february is because lots of people do actually end up medicaling so like either with illness or injury so it just doesn't feel like a fair representation of you know the whole what like what the whole trial is meant to be about like trialing against everyone in great britain and stuff like like only a handful of people actually showed up and i'm like what what does this tell me but i mean nonetheless i did okay like i did pretty well i will say um i ended up coming third and i'm like proud of the ranking i'm pretty happy with it but I feel like the way I rode, it just wasn't like a representation of how I had been rowing in training. I feel like such a fucking dickhead for saying that because everyone, like people have been like congratulating me and stuff. They're like, oh, you did so well. Because in November I did 
not so well okay in november oh my god everyone beat me in november but yeah i was like oh like that's so cool like you've improved and i'm like have i though have i because let me tell you in training i've been doing some good stuff which brings us back to reason number one why i didn't want to do february because training was going so well so so well but anyway we did it we did well and i'm so happy that the long distance season is over if someone had told me to do another 5k i would have shot them dead i would have shot that i would have strangled them with my bare hands honestly 5k who whose big head decided that 5k was a like a reasonable distance for us to maximal you know like push ourselves push the boat out like really go intense go crazy go stupid who said yeah 5k because 2k is long enough 2k is more than long enough so yeah long distance season goodbye good riddance see you in a few months time so yeah now we're actually into the exciting part of the season and tra- it's it's been tough okay i'm not gonna, like i'm saying yeah training's going well it's been bloody tough and let me tell you now there's been a couple of menti bees all right there's there's already been you know a few toys thrown out the pram not all the toys okay but just a few just maybe a teddy bear here or there because it's so hard and like you just sort of forget how fit you have to be in order to do a 2k it always amazes me like today we had um lactate testing and obviously we do we do this like periodically every single block that we have and it just sort of tracks our progress and how fit we're getting throughout the season to make sure that we're on track and i was thinking back to the summer when i did my lactate testing and thinking like oh like this is cool you know the numbers that i'm doing pretty good like the what's i'm producing pretty good for the lactate i'm producing um but even still like there was that caveat of oh but i've been injured you know so like it's not my best and i'm just thinking oh my god how hard was i working when i was at my best like it's just crazy it was so difficult today and obviously we've only done like a fraction of all the like preparations that we tend to do in order to get like 2k fit um but i mean obviously it had improved from the last time that i did it so i was i was pleased with that but i was like oh my god we got a long way to go we got a long way to go till i'm at you know my peak fitness and it's just crazy to me it's crazy how the human body functions as well like why is fitness something that you can lose so easily but it takes months of hard grueling work to get back to I, it's just so, like this is such a human flaw and i hate it so much i feel like it's genuinely a curse of humanity you know that and like even just regular people if you're not even an athlete like if you went to the gym and stuff it would take you years to see any sort of change but you could lose it just like that you know you could lose all that strength or you all the gains just like that and that's something that I really struggle with mentally but I don't have to worry about that now because as I said things are going well and I'm really excited actually like I feel like with the consistent training the fitness is coming faster than I had expected there's always like a really dark time in winter where I'm just like all hope is lost you know like that that's like full menti b but I'm like all hope is lost 
I am never going to be fit as I ever used to be. I should actually quit whilst I'm ahead. I don't need the world to find out that I was. it was all a sham, okay? It was all a lie. I, you know, reached my peak and now we're just on the plateau. Honestly, like, no word of a lie. Every winter season, I sit down with my coach and have a big fat discussion. I'm like, okay, what's going wrong? Where's it? Be honest with me. Have I just passed my peak? And she's like, what the fuck, Barry? You are 22 years old. Shut up. Just keep on training. And then boom, we kind of get to springtime and things are fine. So yeah, that's the tea with that. And in terms of life highs with my therapy and stuff, it has been going so well recently. And I just feel like I'm really learning and starting to truly believe in a lot of the things I've been trying to correct. So like what I've been doing is trauma therapy and with trauma therapy, I want to say a good 80% of it is literally just reparenting yourself. And it's really difficult to do, obviously being older and like with a lot of the philosophies that I had like built for myself, you know, I believed it because it kept me safe at the time. And I'll give you an example. So a lot of my anxiety is actually sort of rooted in the fear of success which is just the most oxymoronic thing in the world like how can you be fearful of success and i've never understood it i never ever got it because i i'm a very proud nigerian woman okay our whole culture it's literally in our dna to champion success okay we have this saying where it's niger not a carry last like Nigerians you will not see us last okay and it's okay yeah it's a bit egotistical okay it's a bit cocky or whatever but it's it's just our culture it's our pride we we love success we thrive off it we love championing championing each other and ourselves and our families and I love like it's in the DNA so when I'm out here having anxiety of success and like self-sabotaging myself i did a whole episode on self-sabotage and just the little ways that i will make sure that i don't actually have like i don't actually ever allow myself to be in a position to achieve the things that i want to achieve you know it's something that i've struggled with for ages and it's ridiculous and i'm sick of it i definitely I've, i was starting to get to a point where i was like sick of it because i i've like been putting in the work as i said you put in all the hard work and you're just like why is it not working why is it not working why is it not working but good things take time so yeah with this fear of success i am realizing the reason that there was such a linked fear to it is because there is such an unknown with success it's like if i try hard enough and I'm good enough I will somehow be able to predict exactly what's going to happen next you know and I I spoke about this before in that self-sabotage episode but there's such a big difference between having an awareness and actually truly starting to understand it because it's like okay even with self-sabotaging like sometimes it would be to my own detriment detriment and I would like set myself up for failure but I'm not I'm no longer you know going to that extreme or that far and you know like just doing like eating like crap or you know overworking myself those were the examples that I gave before and 
obviously that would lead to me having like poor training sessions and just poor performances overall because I had literally set myself up for failure. It's definitely not been to that extent as of late, but so for example, at trials, a major reason that I was like, okay, like I don't really care about the ranking or whatever, um, is because I, I kind of self-sabotaged, okay, like a little bit, a sprinkle, sprinkle of self-sabotage. And in training, I've been really like trying to fire myself up and be lively with it and just use the rate, okay? Like if you know me, I'm a long and strong girl to my core, to my core. I literally, distance per stroke, I eat that shit up for breakfast, lunch, dessert, dinner, all of it, okay? So when it comes to being lively, which is exactly what you need to be in the racing season, I, it, it's something that I don't really love or enjoy. It, I just, I'm out of my comfort zone. I didn't grow up sporty. So like lots of movement patternings are so new to me and it just feels like so foreign to me. So yeah, that's my major reasoning to it. But in training, I've been really pushing myself out of my comfort zone and, you know, making sure that I am lively and it's been working. Like the proof is literally in the pudding. Like whenever I'm lively, the times are good. The numbers are really good and I'm rowing so much better. Yeah, it's more difficult, but obviously I'm getting the results that I want. Whereas when I went to the trial, tell me why I did the whole thing at rate 27. Why? Babe, the other day you were doing three 2Ks at rate 32. Why are we doing 5K at rate 27? Where did it all go wrong? You know, and I mean, like, of course, it like I was long and strong, and then the time was all right at the end. But that's just the polar opposite of what I've been doing in training for the past few months, the past few weeks, and like working so hard to dismantle and get out of my comfort zone. And then when it comes to the time to perform, to like really show the world, put a number down, and be like, hey, this is what I'm capable of doing. I just freak, and you know, like kind of like hold myself back a little bit and let that fear take over you know and I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and say uh if I was livelier I would have got the best time in the world like no that's I, I can't tell you what would have happened if I did and I'm actually reading this book by uh Sydney McLaughlin Laughlin I don't know how you say her name but she's this Olympic champion hurdler and she has like the world best time um but I think it's the 400 meter hurdles yeah I think it's 400 meters and yeah she's just an incredible athlete in general like she isn't as a powerhouse and I love me a strong woman I'm a sucker for a strong woman so her book is called far beyond gold running from fear to faith and she speaks about her experience at her first ever olympics granted she was 16 at the time she was at the 2016 rio olympics and she was only 16 and she speaks about how her fear sort of led her to like flute the race basically and she speaks about like the last few hundred meters she knows that's usually the moment where she like switches on and absolutely goes for it but she just let those thoughts of fear that anxiety of like ah, oh, like what if i do succeed what if i do make it to the final and all these what ifs what ifs what ifs take over and she ends up missing out on making it to the final at the olympics by one second and you know she says I can't sit here and tell you that if I had, you know, not let that fear take over, I would be saying a very different story right now. But like, you just don't know, okay? You never know. But the thing is, I never actually 
gave myself the opportunity to find out because there was that fear and I literally just had a therapy session as well which is why I'm recalling this because it really helped unlock a lot but I was saying how I just love excuses. Everyone knows I love to complain, first of all. First and foremost, that is my favorite pastime. But I love a little excuse, okay? And when the conditions are right, I just, I need to find an excuse. I need to find a little caveat, a little asterisk that's like, okay, but like I could go faster because I didn't use the rate. If the conditions are bad, I definitely try 10 times harder. And I've seen that in myself. And then if the result is not what I want it to be, I use the caveat, ah, the conditions were bad, you know? So it's like, I always need that one little thing that is like, but X, Y, Z happened. So that's why, you know, I wasn't able to do whatever, whatever, whatever. And I'm being so vulnerable by like being honest about this because this is not in the sport of, um, this is not in the spirit of being a good sportswoman, which is something that I pride myself on. Like the game is the game, the competition is the competition. But yeah, it's just like some realizations that I've been having and definitely been working towards dismantling like, that fear of success yes I know that I want to achieve something but like why am I not giving myself the opportunity to achieve it you know and it's it's so weird to me it's literally an oxymoron to me how could you be fearful of success of living the dreams of living everything that you've worked so hard for you know but it really does get you and I think it is quite a human thing like I think it is mostly just for protection against the unknown you know like right now I'm in my comfort zone I can literally tell you exactly what I'm going to be doing 8am tomorrow you know like I just everything follows a pattern and a routine and I'm such a stickler for that I spoke in a couple of episodes ago about (laughs) my controlling behavior and yeah with this book um far beyond gold she speaks a lot about faith which is something that you i'm a spiritual woman i'm a woman of god okay like i definitely believe that my purpose on this earth is you know to to praise god through everything that i do and to you know sort of represent um the power that he has and like just truly believe and champion that before anything else you know like I wear my cross on my neck like I'm, I'm a very proud Christian woman and when I was sort of unlocking all of this in my recent therapy my therapist gave me a quote and I'm gonna read it for you guys now but let me just find it so uh, where is it I also need a sip of water little little water break one sec okay i found it it's a quote by marianne williamson and it goes our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us we ask ourselves who am i to be brilliant gorgeous talented fabulous actually who are you not to be you're a child of god your playing small does not serve the world there is not there is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that the other people won't feel insecure around you we are all meant to shine as children do we were born to make manifest sorry we were born to make manifest the glory of god that is within us 
it is not just in some of us it is in everyone and as we let our own light shine we unconsciously give other other people permission to do the same as we are liberated from our own fear our present our presence automatically liberates others and that quote literally hits the nail on the head like oh there's so much to dissect because it is that fear of like who am i to be brilliant gorgeous talented fabulous like there is there is just this sort of thought of like who the fuck do you think you are Vare? who's like you're here saying and preaching like oh like i there's so much more to come i want to be the best in the world all of these things but who really are you you're just like a human being you're just a small town girl really um and yeah it's just that like if I actually lived in this power and like shined how I truly want to shine and achieve the things that I truly want to achieve, what does that mean for me? And like, I particularly liked the part where it says like, it liberates others. Like everything that I do as well is in service to others. Like I really have a spirit of helping other people. And I think it's actually been very difficult for me being a full-time athlete because it feels like such a selfish endeavor. And I've, toiled with it like I've been like ah, oh, I want I want to do more okay like I have talents beyond being an athlete I have you know I have callings beyond being an athlete that's the major thing like I definitely feel like I'm called to serve others and to help others in the work that I do as an athlete mentor there has literally been nothing nearly as rewarding as seeing the impact that I'm able to make on these children's lives and like I feel so grateful that I have been given like the power and the position and just sort of the equipment in in order to do so do so and I want to do more like I really am hungry to do more and just help people more because there are so many people that can like Uh, I've been going on such a ramp but like yeah this is another side of me that I've not really shared because I've been trying to understand it a little bit but with me like a major thing with like my childhood trauma is I just really wish that someone had asked you know like are you okay why are you doing these things why are you behaving in these ways you know I was always labeled as like the disruptive kid or you know just mischievous cheeky all of these things and looking back it was a cry for help it was honestly a cry for help I was deeply 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 disturbed and like I couldn't navigate that myself as a child you know and I've built all of these mechanisms all of these barriers all of these walls in order to protect myself and now that I'm breaking them down I'm realizing that if I can be that person to just one child like oh my god the power that that will have like it's so difficult having to repair it myself and expensive okay like therapy ain't cheap so if I can like ask one child like what's wrong you know like what is the root of the problem how can I help you that means the world to me and I've seen I've seen it happen like with the kids that I've worked with I've genuinely seen like just from being there being present being a human being that asks that question oh my god the power that that has is unreal so with being a full-time athlete it obviously takes away time the time that I have I only have 24 hours in a day it takes away majority of that time from the time that I would like to be helping other people and 
you know I wanted to get qualifications and do courses because I really want to get into it like I think my long-term career goal will be in line with like working within a charity or some sort of you know social service role um and yeah like I just it was it was plaguing me for quite a while because I was like this is so selfish like what I'm just here wasting all my money well not wasting it but you know what I mean like spending all my money on being an athlete and like I'm too tired to like study after training and like this and that and just yeah just feeling like it was almost an empty pursuit if that makes sense because like with, with selfish things it is an empty pursuit but what I've like come to learn as well is that it's not and I had like a really good discussion with my boyfriend he was like in some sort of way like by being an athlete you are challenging yourself and you are having to go through more hurdles and toughen yourself up even more so that eventually you'll be able to you know be be stronger for other people if that makes sense like you can't help someone else if you if you haven't helped yourself and I have a lot of work to do in internally and obviously like external or like I have a lot of work to do myself but by going through these trials and tribulations as an athlete and toughening myself up mentally even more I'll be able to eventually take on more struggles that other people are having and be able to provide more help because I would have been through more things you know like right now my little window of help and aid that I can provide is so tiny and so small because I'm just I'm just a little girl okay like I'm just a baby girl and yeah by me just continuing being an athlete it will enrich me with so many experiences and so many opportunities as well to develop in ways that I didn't actually have have an idea for because I just thought like oh it's like it has to be a linear process of like I need a qualification I need more work experience or something like that but yeah within doing exactly what I'm doing I'm actually able to help other people in the way that I want to help them and yeah it just it goes back to the quote of like saying how by you shining how you're supposed to shine by you living your fullest potential and not letting fear dampen you down not letting this fear of success hold you back you're helping other people realize that they can shine too realize that they have something special within them that they should be able to show to the world and you know it just it makes society better as a whole you know it's just that's that's what we're here for really ladies and gentlemen so yeah that's my little tidbit on just where we're at with the whole fear journey as an anxious girly I definitely would say like my anxiety is so much better with having going like going through therapy and the coping mechanisms that I'm learning right now so much better like I'm no longer pulling out my hair I can't really even remember if that's something that I said on here but yeah I used to pull out my hair and I had a massive bald patch guys it was not fun and like my scalp would bleed <laughs> I would like pull and pick and it was so painful but I'm no longer doing that which is like such a healthy place to be in and it's giving me even more scope in order to work on other things like you know this fear of success and like just probably 
delve into the nitty gritty i feel like i'm finally at the root of the problem i think before in the past when i've spoken about doing this trauma therapy i explained it as like you know that chair that you have in your room that has a mountain of clothes and little bits and bobs that you just don't there's not really a specific home for them but you just keep on piling 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 and then with the trauma therapy it's like okay you realize you have a lot of things that you need to work on but the thing that you need to work on the most is at the bottom of that pile and it just feels like you you rip that thing out from the bottom of the pile and everything scatters everywhere and it's a mess and it's you know stressful and it's just it's not a fun time i finally feel like okay we've dealt with that thing that was at the bottom of the pile we can put it back in its place and then now it's like let's pick up this thing where does this thing go let's put it back in its place you know and that's the sort of that's where we're at all right i hope that analogy makes sense and i hope that all of this waffle has made sense but thank you so much for tuning in i really hope that you guys have a lovely february and i will catch you in march thank you so much for listening